Thank you, girls. I appreciate that. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 28. If you don't, it will be on the screen. Matthew, that's the first book of the New Testament and the last chapter, Matthew chapter 28. And we'll be getting there in just a moment. I want to add to Pastor Rice. Pastor Rice is our co-pastor for those of you who have not had a chance to meet him. Welcoming and greeting to all those in the auditorium as well as on Easter. We have all the kids go to their class and stay in their class. Normally, <clears throat> because we can't fit them all in here. Now, of course, we still got a little COVID going on. I understand all that stuff. So, but anyway, that's our plan. We're glad that you're here. Our regular folks, visitors, those who have visited before and hear back, we're glad to have all of you. And those who are listening by way of dial-up, you can dial up the program on your phone and listen to it. You can also watch it on YouTube and Facebook Live. So all, the, all of those who are watching, we welcome you. We're glad to have you as part of the service today, and may God richly bless you. In Matthew chapter 28, I want to first give you a little background just before we read these seven verses. I'm going to read verses 1 through 7. Matthew 28, 1 through 7, but I want to give you a little bit of a background. At the end of chapter 27, what is happening is some of the religious leaders, the chief priests and the Pharisees, came to Pilate, who was the governor, and said, you know what? And I'm paraphrasing. We remember that Jesus said he was going to resurrect from the dead on the third day. And you know what, Pilate? We need you to help us make sure that tomb is totally sealed so nobody can get out. Because if not, maybe his disciples will go in there and take his body out and tell people that he resurrected just to prove their point. That's what's going on in chapter 27 toward the end. And so Pilate said he was, he was a politician. He said, okay, make it as sure as you can, and then, you know, we'll see what happens. They didn't realize who they were messing with. You can't mess with God. It wasn't just Jesus Christ, a guy. He was the God-man. And so no matter what they did, he was, he was still going to come alive. But they didn't know that. Man tries to think he can take care of the situation, and he didn't. So that's what's going on. So we pick it up in chapter 28 and verse 1. Yeah, there it is. In the end of the Sabbath. Now, remember in the Bible, Sabbath, remember that Ten Commandment? Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy? We're not doing that today because this is not the Sabbath. The Sabbath is sundown Friday, to sundown Saturday. That's when the Jews go to temple because that's the Sabbath. So what are we doing here on Sunday? Because when Jesus resurrected from the dead, it was changed to Sunday to commemorate. Remember every Sunday that he resurrected from the dead. So today and every Sunday we're remembering. Today's special, of course, but we're remembering every Sunday we meet. He resurrected on the first day of the week. The first day of the week is not Monday. It might be the first day of the work week, but it's not the first day of the week. It's actually Sunday. <clears throat> so at the end of the Sabbath, that is to them, sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. At the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. <clears throat> Let me stop one second. It says sepulchre. That's an old-fashioned word for uh, 
Uh, to him, we, we call it today a mausoleum. Maslin Cemetery has a few of those. You drive by there on the back end, they got these mausoleums. It wasn't a grave. Now, grave in the Bible is used in many different ways. <clears throat> it means death. It means a natural grave and a hole in the ground, but it was a tomb. It was above ground. That's why they rolled a big stone in front of it so nobody could get in. It wasn't a hole in the ground. So that was the sepulcher. That's an old-fashioned word for, for tomb. In verse 3, chapter 28. His countenance. Countenance means your facial. Like some of your facial expressions now. I got three people to smile. All right. Make that five. His countenance was like lightning in his raiment. That's an old-fashioned word for clothes. Was raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. Can you picture this happening? It's early in the morning here at Maslin Cemetery. And you go to this guy, to his tomb, where you think he's a mausoleum. And all of a sudden, the stone rolls back. And all of a sudden, there's an earthquake. I think I'd be running, running myself. Let's continue on. Let's try to picture this. I try to picture the Bible as I read it. Verse 5. And the angel, angel came and rolled away stone. So here's an angel. And the angel answered and said unto the women, remember two women, Fear not ye. They must have known they were scared. Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified, past tense. He, Jesus, is not here, for he is risen. Notice the next three words. As he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. And verse 7, and go quickly. Now remember, the angel's talking to two women. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead and behold, he goeth before you, that is Jesus, into Galilee. Galilee was an area, not a city. There in Galilee shall ye see him, lo, I have told you. What an incredible passage of scripture. Again, think about this. These two women come to the tomb or to the grave to prepare the body of Jesus. Say, what do you mean by that? Well, they didn't have Packley Funeral Home back then. And so the way they prepared people who passed was different than what they do today. So these two women are come out of respect. I believe they came to honor the Lord and his body because they knew him in his ministry. Mary Magdalene, by the way, was a lady who, had, who was possessed with demons. And Jesus cast them out of her. And she was made a whole normal person. So she came in the other Mary. And so they arrived just in time for this earthquake. Now, I've seen earthquakes on TV, but I've never been part of one. It must be scary, especially at the cemetery in the first thing in the morning. The stone is rolled away by the angel, and the angel says in the passage that the angel sits on the stone. That is, I think, to make it clear that the stone is down. Because it had covered the entranceway to the tomb, but nobody's in it. There's nothing to guard anymore. There's no reason for it to be there. And so it's funny how these religious people in the end of chapter 27, they remember what Jesus said, that he was going to rise again. But I don't think these two ladies remember. They might have remembered the words, but they didn't believe them. So how do you know that? 
why would you come to a great a tomb to anoint a body if he was resurrected? Now, I'm not being critical of them because <clears throat> sometimes we don't believe God either. But what I'm saying is, if they really thought he'd resurrected, like he said, and they remembered what he said and believed it, they wouldn't have done that. No reason to go, he's gone. And so, then this angel starts talking to these, to these ladies. Now, now, to be politically correct, you surely would call your wife an angel. Uh, if you don't make brownie points, do it. Although one man said, my wife is an angel. She's always up in the air harping about something. <laughs> so here's this angel talking to these two women early in the morning earthquake and Jesus is gone. Can you imagine what's going through their mind? I mean, really, it's kind of disconcerting. It's kind of confusing. It's kind of scary. It's kind of upsetting. <laughs> but the resurrection demonstrates victory over death and the grave. He is not dead. He's not in the grave or the tomb. The place is empty. And they said, come see the place where the Lord lay, meaning where he was before. Remember a fellow in the New Testament named Lazarus, who Jesus raised from the dead? When Jesus raised him from the dead, the Bible says he, he had grave clothes on, and they had to help him. The Bible uses the word unwind. Again, it wasn't like funeral homes today. So they had these material wrappings they would wrap around people, and then they had a napkin on their face. So I think... What they meant was all those things were there, but he's gone. The person's gone. By the way, did you know when Jesus was born? Yeah, you do. When he was born, the Bible says they wrapped him in swaddling clothes. Do you know what swaddling clothes are? They're grave clothes. Now, I don't want to be unkind, but every baby that's born is going to die. But it's very significant. I think that Jesus was wrapped in swaddling clothes. He was born to die for the sins of mankind. <clears throat> so his resurrection demonstrates victory. Then the angels talking to these two women. Can you imagine this? This would be something to put on YouTube, huh? Hey, look at these two ladies at the cemetery in Massel talking to some angel. That would be pretty cool. And the angel said to the ladies, you know what? Go quickly and tell his disciples about this. They weren't there. Because you remember when he, when he got in the hot water, so to speak, they all split. The Bible says they all left him and fled. Peter followed afar off at the trial, but they all took off and left. So he said, go quickly and tell his disciples. Now, this is understood, this is me. The angel did not say, wait until you understand everything. Because I'm guessing now, I'm reading between the lines, I kind of think they were probably in their mind going, I don't get this. I'm confused. What's going on here? <clears throat> so don't wait to understand it. You just go quickly and tell the disciples that he's resurrected. And then they might remember what he said, like the Pharisees did. And then they might believe. You know, my old papa used to say, <clears throat> and it's not Bible, but it's true. <clears throat> he said a lot of crazy things, but this one was good. He's dead. He said, what your eyes see, your heart must believe. Thanks, Dad. That's for the sermon today. What your eyes see, your heart must believe. There's an empty tomb. That's what you see. He's not there. I believe he's resurrected. 
Now, we weren't there. We have the record of God's word, so we either believe God's word or we don't. And by the way, the resurrection, do we really understand it? I'm not sure I do. I read and studied again this week, and you know what? I learned some things I never saw before. The words haven't changed in the Bible, but my understanding has, gets a little better, so I don't understand it all. I still don't understand how it happened. If you can explain it, I'll be right then after church. You can explain it to me because I'd like to know. I don't really know. I just believe it. And I wasn't there, but I choose to believe it. And so the angel says, now listen, this is urgent news. You go get his disciples. <clears throat> Meaning the 12, which if you go back and study when Jesus chose his apostles, the 12, it says he chose them out of his disciples, special ones. He called them apostles. So they were special in so many ways. But disciples or people who have chosen to follow him, believe him as their savior and to follow him. So you and I are disciples today if you're following him. If you know him as savior and you're following him, you're a disciple. But you're not an apostle. There are some churches, and it's a free country, who call their pastor an apostle. Hey, I'm not an apostle. I'd like to do some of the things they did, but I'm not an apostle. So what is this urgent news? Look down to verse 6 again. Turn back to verse 6. There you go. Thanks, guys. What's the urgent message? He is not here. Now, is that hard to understand? The Bible's not really that hard to understand. He is risen, as he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. So I think this morning I want to share a few thoughts contained in verse 6 for us about Easter and the resurrection. The first thing I want to think about in this passage, in this context of the resurrection is, he is not here. Now, in any other case, that would be kind of disconcerting and scary. I want to be respectful of those who may have lost loved ones recently. Or maybe not recently, but if you went to the cemetery today after church, and you happen to have your family in one's mausoleums, and you opened the door and they weren't there, wouldn't you go, hey, what's up with this stuff? If normally it would be devastating. Where's my mom? Where's my dad? And I've seen those shows on television like you. You know, they don't have your mom in the casket, your dad in the ca- casket, and it's the wrong person, and two people in one, and all that other stuff. If that happens, I don't know. By the way, if I'm dead, I don't care. You can put three people in with me. I don't care. I won't even know. Now, if the casket turns over to the funeral, that's what's exciting, huh? Three people roll out. So anyway, if you win and your loved one was not there, and by right, you should be upset. This, in this case, it's a good thing. He is not here. Not here. You can see the place where he was, see the napkins, see the clothes, see the... He's not here. He's risen as... We'll get to that in a minute. He's risen as he said. He's not here. Again, these women came in unbelief of his resurrection. Now, in all fairness to them, up till Jesus' resurrection, nobody else resurrected from the dead. Now, I hear stories like you do and see some on television, but all that stuff's baloney. When you're dead, you're dead. You're not coming back. And by the way, why would you want to come back to this earth if you're going to heaven? I don't want to come back. The women came in unbelief of the resurrection, I think because partly 
They'd never seen it before, heard of it. And may I say this, since his resurrection, I don't think I know of anybody else has resurrected from the dead that I know of. So in simple terms, in modern day words, he is the one, the only one who's ever done it. And the reason why he did it, because he is God. He's God in the flesh. In the gospel account of John in chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Verse 14 of John 1 says, this is not on the screen, this is off my head. And the Word, meaning Jesus, became flesh, that's Christmas, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus Christ is the Word in the flesh. He's the only one that's ever resurrected. These women, poor women, expected to find a body. I would too. And they found an empty tomb. Now, the Bible does not say this, but can you imagine these women talking to each other? Mary, did you... Are we awake? Pinch me. I think I'm dreaming. What's going on here? Who's this angel talking to us? By the way, angels don't have wings and flaps and that flap. Those are seraphims. In the Bible, angels are basically appearances. And even in Hebrews, the Bible says, be careful to entertain strangers, not strange people. Strangers. (laughs) For some have entertained angels unaware. So if we look at that and look at, if you study angelology, angels are basically appearances and they normally appear as a man. So in other words, or a woman, if they were if somebody was sitting there flapping their wings, they'd probably be going, what is that? It was an appearance of a man, but it was talking to them. So they heard the voice and they understood the words. They must said words they could hear and they could see and understand. <clears throat> and so the angels talking to them, I, I can't imagine this. Remember now, it's early in the morning. It's just barely daylight. It says here in our text, we read too, verse 4, that the keepers at the cemetery were shaken. I think I'd be shaking in my boots too. Then I said to myself, why in the world were those guys there that early in the morning? I I go by the cemetery by my house every day. I don't see guys out there working, and I don't leave before 6 o'clock either, unless there's an emergency. But the, the, the passage says the shoulders, the keepers, excuse me, in verse 4, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. They were kind of like paralyzed. Wow. Their human fears. Again, these two ladies, the angel said, fear not now. If they weren't scared, why did he tell them fear not? Common sense. The Bible's not hard to understand. Fear not. Don't don't worry. Everything's cool. Everything's fine. Now, as they go along through the conversation and see what's going on, then I think they were a little relieved. But at the moment, man, I'd be be saying, Mary, I don't know what's going on here to you. Isn't this the craziest thing you've ever seen in your life? I've never seen this on YouTube. (laughs) I'm sure they didn't say that. Oh, wait a minute. Somebody's texting me, Mary. I don't think they got interrupted by a text either. <clears throat> the ear-shaking events that led up to this moment. Now let's back up a little in the story of Jesus' resurrection. When Jesus was on trial before Pilate, that's the guy 
in the previous chapter that the, the religious leaders said, you know what? You better make sure that grave's covered so nobody can get in there. So Jesus before Pilate, and you go back and study that. <clears throat> we're not going to do that today. But they were accusing him of everything. And you go back and read it. It says Jesus said he didn't say anything. Or he said just a few words. Maybe there's a lesson for us there. Say less, listen more. Actually, you got two ears and one mouth, so maybe that's an indication. I don't know. Listen more. And, and, it, and one answer he gave was, <clears throat> they said, well, you say the Son of God. You know what he said? <laughs> he said, you say that I am. He didn't go on and on and on. By the way, he couldn't convince them because they didn't want to be convinced. That's why he was there. And some old summer person years ago before any of us said this, a man convinced his will against his will is of the same opinion still. So they didn't want to be convinced. They didn't want to receive him. They didn't want to believe him. Excuse me. So, so Jesus before Pilate, the trial, I can imagine what that was like. Can only imagine what it must have been like. Then the Pilate basically said, okay, this guy hadn't done anything. Let's, let's beat him and let him go. So they scourged him. They mocked him, made fun of him. And then they finally said, they're going to crucify him. So they crucified him, put him on the cross, put nails in his hands, in his feet. And by the way, when they crucified people, they were crucified buck naked. You know, you see this whole thing's a little loincloth, and all that's not Bible. You go back and study how they killed, how they crucified people. It was buck naked. That's part of the embarrassment and the shame of being crucified. Because if you were crucified, you were bad. Remember the two guys beside him? They were the Bible uses the word malefactors. They were lawbreakers. They were bad dudes. As a matter of fact, remember one of them even said, well, this guy, Jesus, didn't do anything, but we deserve to be here. He didn't deserve to be here. So he was crucified. He died on the cross. Now, I read some about crucifixion. It's been a while back. They said they just allowed you enough movement in your knees so you can get a little bit of breath, so you could breathe. Then you have to stand up straight. And Can you imagine doing that for hours on the end? If I remember correctly, it took about three hours, three to six, 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. our time, Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> about three hours of agony and pain, trying to breathe, catch your breath, come back up. Gets, he's crucified, and then, <clears throat> then he said, it is finished. And so now these women remembered that because they came to Jesus' crucifixion. Can you imagine how awful that must have been? The one they loved, that's why they came to his tomb, by the way the one they believed to be the Son of God, and they saw him crucified. And now they're at the empty tomb. In their mind, I think they're wondering, what's going to happen next? All these crazy things are happening. All these unexplainable things are happening. These wild things are happening. Things that have never happened before. I mean, they were human beings just like me and you. And so... The first thing is, he is not here. <clears> then <throat> notice also in verse 6, the angel is still talking to the women. Now, I don't know if the geo, if I keep saying geo keepers. They weren't geo keepers. They were keepers of the cemetery. I kind of think they were close by so they could hear. And if they were smart, they were just keeping their mouth shut and watching. I wouldn't say a word. I'm, 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 the ones, I mean, they said they were afraid anyway because of the earthquake. 
And here's this guy that's out of the cemetery. They're the keepers of the cemetery, and one of their bodies is missing. I hope Leroy doesn't come. My boss doesn't come today and get on me about this. We lost uh, Leroy. Guess what? We lost a body last night. What? Yeah, this Jesus guy, he was there. Somehow, we, how could you guys be so stupid? No, I'm reading between the lines. Isn't that reasonable? So these guys were scared out of their mind. <clears throat> they maybe thought they were going to lose their job. Here's an angel talking to two women. It's barely daylight. I think I'd just keep my mouth shut and listen. And so the angel's talking to the women. He's not talking to the keepers. And the angel said again to them, he is risen. To make it absolutely clear and plain, he is risen. And notice the next three words that we already read there in verse 6. As he said. He, Jesus, predicted events of his own death before he died. I was talking to a man yesterday, and he said he had to go to the hospital. He had some problem. And he goes, they want him to have open heart surgery. And he said, I ain't going to do it. I'm too old. I'm too sick. I'm just, he said, I'm going to tell him to give me some happy juice, and I just die. That's what he told me yesterday. <clears throat> so I don't know if he's trying to predict his death or not. Jesus lived on this earth approximately 33 and a half years. His ministry length was about three and a half years. So during his ministry of three and a half, his public ministry for three and a half years, he told about him, his crucifixion, his resurrection. He told about that. Remember? The religious leaders remembered. That meant that in the they even called him a deceiver. That deceiver said he was going to come back from the dead. So where did they get that? They must have heard it somewhere. They heard it because Jesus said it. And so he predicted the events, he predicted what was going to happen. And he predicted he'd resurrect from the dead. Now that one, I would understand if he said he's going to die, we're all going to die. Don't dwell on it this morning. Especially don't want to die till after lunch. Don't know what you're having. But we're all going to die. The Bible even says it's a put in the man once to die. We're all going to die. But so he predicted that. Well, okay, we'll give him that. But how many of us are going to resurrect like him? And he's alive and breathing. He's telling people. He's not bragging. He's just telling people the facts. You know why? To prepare them so when it happens, they don't go. Why didn't he tell me that? You ever had that experience? Somebody says, why didn't you tell me? And if it's the husband or the wife, the wife will say, why didn't you tell me? And he said, I did. Or no, the wife tells the husband, I shouldn't say. And then she, he says to her, why didn't you tell me? She said, I did. You weren't listening. Are you there? No, that happens sometimes to the wives too, but probably more than the men. We, my dad just said, just say, yeah. Whatever they say, just say, yeah. <laughs> so, Dad, that's kind of dangerous. <clears throat> she could say, could I have, have $100,000, honey? Yeah, yeah, just say, yeah. <laughs> I wish my mom would have tried him on that, but she didn't. She knew him better. She just knew he was full of baloney. He was. He was quiet, but he was very funny. And Jesus said this during his public ministry. He was going to die and resurrect. And the angel... When he's talking to these two women, you, do you understand what he's saying, the magnitude? He is saying, and I'm using the male at this time, this angel is saying to these women, he said all this. And exactly what he said is exactly what's happened. He's not there. Go over there and look. 
He said he was going to resurrect. There he is. He's gone. Just like he said he was going to. Wow. Let me ask you a question. You can smile at me because I'm getting scared. Do you know anyone who has resurrected from the dead? I'm not trying to be funny or smart, Alec. Me neither. Probably if we did, we'd have him come to church next Sunday and talk about him. <laughs> but if you know him as your personal Lord and Savior, you do know someone who's resurrected from the dead. And even if you don't know him or you don't believe, you know what? It doesn't change the fact. Because not everybody believed in Jesus' day. We think it's people today. <clears throat> Easter's played down. Jesus played down. It doesn't change the facts. The, the, the Bible doesn't change. The angel said he's not here. He's risen as he said. Period. I don't believe it. Too bad. What your eyes see, your heart must believe. Go ahead and look. Go look where he was. He isn't there. He's risen as he said. Well, it's, it's a shame that people don't believe yet today, huh? There are people today that, you know, think Easter is? Going to grandma's and having a great lunch. I'd vote for that, by the way. And getting a bunch of candy for Easter. I'd vote for that. I got some peeps yesterday. They're sitting on the kitchen table. I might have to jump in there and have them. And I've actually got some other ones hid somewhere, you know. You have to keep a supply of peeps. Like I said, the only bad thing about peeps to me is I hate them when they get hard peeps. Some people say, oh, I love them. Crushed. I'll save mine for you. I usually eat the whole thing at one shot. Do you know how wired you are to eat a whole thing of peeps? You are wired. So it could be an exciting afternoon. And it's a good thing I'm not preaching tonight. Pastor Rice will be preaching tonight. Who knows? All that, all that sugar is not good for you. The resurrection, Jesus' resurrection from the dead proved... Whether people choose to believe it or not. The deity of Christ. What does that mean? It means he is God. He always was. He is then. He always will be. Because I don't believe that. As my dad used to also say, that's your red wagon. <clears throat> Whatever that means. You don't believe it? You are the loser. Because he is the only way to heaven. And the Bible says in Romans 10 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. He didn't say understand it. He said if you believe it. I don't understand it. I wasn't there. I wasn't here at the cemetery. I didn't see his crucifixion. I wasn't alive during his ministry. And none of you were. If you are, you look really good for your age. But I choose to believe. It's really that simple. You choose to believe it or you choose not to believe it. That's all there is to it. And so Jesus even predicted again during his ministry in John chapter 2, will not turn there. He said, destroy this temple in three days, I'll build it again. The religious people said, he's going to tear down the temple. It took us years and years to build that place. He's going to tear it down and build it up in three days. What is he, crazy? What he meant was his body is a temple. And Paul tells the Corinthians, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit if we're saved. So the resurrection fulfilled his promise because that his body was on that cross and it was destroyed. He was dead. He was clinically and literally physically dead. 
but he also came back to life. Verse 6 also, the angel, in talking to the women, called him Lord. Did you ever notice that? I never noticed that before. Why did the angel call him Lord? The reason was, this is a, this is a kindergarten answer. <clears throat> the reason was, he is Lord. By the way, angels are subservient to God. They're messengers of God, so they salute and say, yes, the angel was sent to take, roll away the stone. Who, who told the angel to do that? God did. The Bible says of Jonah the whale that the Lord prepared a fish to swallow up Jonah. Now you go to the zoo and try to tell a whale to swallow a guy and see how well you make out. So I don't believe that stuff. I do. And so does Jonah. <clears throat> he definitely believes the angel called him Lord. You know what? He is still Lord today. He didn't just become Lord. He still is. Now we say, well, how come the world's so crazy? Well, how come God created a perfect world? He gave it to man and man messed it up. You explain that one to me. <clears throat> he is Lord with a recognize him. Whether you recognize him as your personal Lord and Savior or even in your daily life, he's still the Lord. But you have to consciously Say, now, Lord, help me to do what you want me to do today. Remember when Paul said, I die daily? What did he mean? Obviously, he didn't die, and they didn't bury him every day. So what did he mean? He meant he died to himself. Why did he die to himself? Because he's the Lord. Lord, remember when he was saved, he said, Lord, who art thou? Lord, what would you have me to do? And he set about to do that. <clears throat> The angel said to these two women that you, I believe it's verse 7. Yes, it is verse 7. I'm looking at my Bible instead up here. The angel said, go quickly and tell his disciples. In other words, don't wait around. They didn't hear this information because none of them were there. Isn't it interesting that God blessed and allowed those two women to be there? Can you imagine the personal spiritual experience? Even though it was scary and different, I think it was a special blessing to them. And afterwards, after a period of time passed, I bet they said, oh, that was such a blessing, Mary, wasn't it? Yeah, boy, it was really scary at first, but this worked out really good. We got to see the place where the Lord was. We were the first ones to see his tomb empty and prove that he was resurrected. Wow. Maybe because they had some doubt. Remember, they brought the spices because they didn't really believe it. Maybe God said, I'm going to show you guys. And I don't think God was mean about it. I think God just maybe wanted to reveal to them clearly that he had resurrected. He gave them a special blessing, like he does to us many times. And so the angel said to these two women, you go tell his disciples. So they had to know who they were to talk to him. You tell them what happened, and then you tell them Jesus is going to meet up with them later. And then he does meet with them later. Galilee was there, so they met him later. That's not the message today. But when he meets up with them, he commissions them, those 12 men or 11 men, Judas went out and hung himself. He commissioned them, which really was the first church, to go out and reach the world with the message of salvation. See, Jesus didn't die just a martyr for a cause. A lot of people die for causes, but they're not eternal. He died so that mankind, man, woman, boys, and girls could be saved. 
from the place the Bible calls hell. It's a very unpleasant thought. Isn't it, by the way, I'm throwing this in. Isn't it strange to me and maybe to you? People don't believe it, but when they're mad at you, they tell you to go there. Isn't that interesting? Oh, you just go to... I almost, next time I hear I'm going to say, do you really believe in that place? Here's how you get out of that place. I mean, it's kind of interesting. I hear people say, you need to go to Walmart, walk around. It's an education, I'm telling you. Plus, you have to walk around because they keep changing stuff at Walmart, don't they? Every time you know where stuff is, you go over there. I was so mad the other day. At my, I'm walking around, I'm going, it used to be right there. And I'm walking around, I'm walking around, I'm going, this is crazy. Of course, I need the exercise. And Walmart is no little store. He commissions them to give the world the message of salvation. Now, this is obvious. These men are all dead now. These ladies are all dead. His disciples that she, these ladies talked to are all dead. They've been gone for a long time. And yet, the message is still relevant today. April 4th. I'm so glad it's not April 1st. On April 4th, 2021, the message is still relevant today. Now, the outside world may say, ah. And a lot of people are going to go to grandma's and have peeps and eat. Again, that's great. But that's not what Easter's about. That's a side benefit. <laughs> the message is true and relevant even today. And so, here's a question for us today to those who would claim they would know Christ as their personal Savior. Since these people are gone, are we telling the good news? Did you make any effort to tell anybody about the good news this week? Oh, tracks are good and they're helpful, but sometimes that verbal, audible talk, we need to talk to people about Christ. I'm afraid we're talking about everything but him. We're talking about the Indians. Those bums. If you follow the Indians, they've, they bombed out the first couple of days. Of course, it snowed on Thursday. <clears throat> That's got nothing to do with this. What it, yes, it does, too. I watch the Indian games. Well, I can only stomach a few minutes of this week's games. We talk about the Indians, we talk about our grandkids, we talk about Walmart, Speedway, McDonald's, Taco Bell. Notice all those eating places. I have a man say to me, preacher, all you talk about is food and eating. Is that a sin? Maybe that's why I couldn't eat for five and a half years. God was challenging me, I don't know. I can tell you I can eat and I'm going to eat today for lunch. Are we telling the good news? The need is great. I don't think I need to convince you that we see our world today and without going on and on because CNN and all these other stations will tell you how horrible everything is. And I'm not going to comment on that, but we certainly see our world, our nation is a mess, our world is a mess, the need is great. The answer is Christ. And the message is unchanging. Do you understand? For just a moment, think with me. This is April 4th, 2021. This story we just read was a long time ago, approximately 2,000 years. It's still the same information. It's still the same truth. It's unchanging. Jesus saves. It's very simple. 
but he only saves those who call on him and ask him to save them. What he did on the cross is pay for our sins. We have to personally accept it. I'm going to personally accept what I get for Easter. Yeah, somebody else provided, but I'm taking it. My wife bought the peeps, but she, I'm not going to let her eat any of them. I'm not stupid. I don't think you like them either, do you? She doesn't like them. That's a blessing. <laughs> They're all for me. She provided them. I'm going to take them. Jesus, and I'm not relating peeps to Jesus. Please don't misunderstand me. There's no connection. The point is she provided. I didn't. But I'm going to take them. Hey, thank you. Eat them. Yum, yum. He provided salvation for mankind by shedding his blood on the cross to pay for our, my sins and your sins. But you must say, I accept that. I accept him. I trust him and what he did on the cross to save me. He died for the world, but he died to save you. But you personally have to call on his name and ask him to save you. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You have to personally make that decision. It's a great decision. And you have to make it. So are we telling the good news? Let's get serious about telling people about Christ. <clears throat> because he is the one that changed a person's life. People say to me and to you, oh, that guy, his life is a mess. He needs to be changed. He needs to do this. He, he's, you know who will change his life? Christ. Right. And you, if you know him, you need to tell him about Christ. So that Christ can change his life because you can't. <clears throat> I can't. The message of the gospel, you know, the message of the gospel, Paul gave it to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 15. The first couple of verses, he said the gospel was the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. That's the gospel. We're talking about, we use the word gospel for all kinds of uses, don't we? When you're talking to somebody and they'll say, oh, you're joshing me, you'll say, oh, that's gospel. Meaning you're telling the truth. Well, you can use it that way, I guess, but really... You know what the word gospel literally means? Good news. Isn't that appropriate that the gospel means good news? It's the good news that Christ was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, resurrected, and he will save all that will come into God by him. Good news. Let's, we hear enough bad news. <clears throat> the good news is Jesus still saves people who will ask him to come in and save them. So we need to make a recommitment of ourselves to get out the gospel. I don't think we're going to say we get to, oh, you know what? I just gave everybody the gospel. I don't, I'm not sure we're going to be able to honestly say that. But we should work at it. We should also live the gospel, meaning every day we should act like it's real because it's real in our life. And act like a Christian. I don't mean be a Pharisee or, or stuck up. We don't need the holy than that. We don't need that. But just living the Christian life, honestly, in the world you live in, your family, your friends, where you live. <clears throat> maybe some know Christ as personal Savior, but maybe, can I say this kindly, you're not as close to him as you should be or could be. Let me say kindly again, he hasn't moved. If you ask him to be your Savior, he's still there. It's probably you and me that have moved. And maybe we need to, now we all need to draw closer to him. I include myself. I don't question that. I don't think anybody honestly can say, well, you know, I'm so close to the Lord, it's scary. I don't believe you. We could all get closer. But some are closer than others. And even though the preacher may know a few things, you know you. 
Maybe today God's spoken to your heart. Maybe you are saved. You know him as Savior. The Bible uses the word saved, but you need to get yourself closer to him. What an important thing to do in this day and age. I mean, he is coming. People say that all the time. He's coming, he's coming, he's coming. He is. Just like he said he's going to be resurrected, he said, I'm coming again. And he is going to come. So what a better way to align yourself for that is to get closer to him. Closer and closer and closer and closer and closer. The closest you can get. We'll not lose. The resurrection of Christ. <clears throat> Let's stand, please, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed for just, just for a moment. We're going to have what we call the invitation. That means it's God's invitation. It's a public invitation to invite you to make a decision for Christ. <clears throat> Maybe you need to receive him today as your Savior. <clears throat> our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. In just a minute, the penis is going to be playing. But I wonder if I could kindly ask you a question with every head bowed and every eye closed. Say, preacher, I don't know him as my personal Savior, but I'm going to accept him today and right now. I'm not talking about joining the church. I'm not talking about being baptized. I'm talking about making the conscious decision to receive him today as your personal Savior. If you would say, that's me, that's what I want to do. Just raise your hand real quickly and put it back down. All right. Maybe you say, preacher, I need to be a little closer to the Lord, and I want to make that decision myself personally today to get closer to him. Would you just put your hand up and then put it back down real quickly? Great. All right. <clears throat> we all can identify with that. <clears throat> In just a moment, the piano's going to play. Our heads are going to remain bowed and our eyes closed, if you would, for just a moment. Maybe you need to make that decision. Maybe you need to come to the altar and pray about something. Maybe you need to make some other spiritual decision. Father, I pray to speak to each and every heart as only you can by your spirit in Jesus' name. With the piano playing, God has spoken to your heart. Pastor Rice is here to meet you. If we need somebody to pray with you or help you, maybe you need to trust Christ as Savior, let me encourage you to do that. And you just say, Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know Christ died for me. I ask him to come into my heart today and be my Savior. You can do that right in your seat. If you'll call his name and ask him to save you and believe that resurrected Christ and what he did on the cross for you to save you, if you'll accept it and trust it today, he will come in while we wait just a moment. I'm not going to continue on too long, but maybe God challenged your heart, spoke to your heart. Maybe in the